Welcome back to the Reverse to Revamp show. This is episode number three. And on today's episode, we will be talking about everything hormones. So hello, hi, I'm Lydia, your host. And last week's episode, we dove into everything gut health, at least starting with the basics, that is for sure. Now I wanted to focus on hormones. These two systems in our body are so important to take control over and just really be mindful of how they work and how they play a role with each other. If you have not listened to the God episode, I highly recommend you go back, listen to that first because that's actually the first place to start with hormone health is our gut because it really does control everything, hence why it was our first episode essentially. But today... Oh my god, I'm going to be talking about a lot of a lot of different things here. Um, first, we're going to dive into the cycle phases. So this is primi- primarily focused around uh, female. I, yeah, I mean, males don't really have much fluctuation in their hormones, so that's not really involving them in this episode. But so the different cycles and... You might not be aware of some of them, so that'll help out. We will talk about how to align with each phase of your cycle, how to really tune in and enhance that experience for that week or two, like what to do, what to avoid, overall ways to balance, and then diving in a little bit deeper about specific ways of detoxifying through our liver, certain ways of hormone excretion and ways of supporting the body um just a bunch it's kind of going to be all over the place so i apologize i'm sure i'm missing about three thousand things but this is what i came up with for this episode so let's dive into what are the phases of our cycle like i feel like i didn't know this for so long all you know is you have a menstruation phase and that's like the area where you bleed but little do you know there's a lot of other mini phases between that the second one you might have heard of is the ovulation phase which is pretty much two weeks opposing your period quote-unquote and that's when you could potentially become pregnant but starting off with menstruation phase let's say this is day one to five ish it's a few days to sometimes seven days Um, In this phase, estrogen is rising slightly and progesterone takes a little dip. This is why it can leave us feeling a little bit low, a little bit more reflective, just lower on the energy. And that is actually natural. (laughs) So can we pause and take a moment to really just embrace our period and enhance that experience because a lot of us including myself just try to go 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 and when i keep talking you'll find out other parts of your cycle that that's really good for but menstruation phase just take a step back good time for more solo projects reflecting goal setting you know overall assessment of your life taking it easy And then we're going into follicular phase. So that's around 6 to 10 days following your period. And this is where the 
hypothalamus releases FSH. Estrogen and progesterone levels rise a little bit, and this is going to increase your motivation along with energy. So we're getting really productive now. Focus on, you know, work, learning, a great time for research, courses, writing, anything like that, cleaning, I don't know, (laughs) getting your errands done. Uh, We're starting to get a little bit more social and then that brings us to ovulation. This is only a few days and estrogen and testosterone actually peak, making you very social, very confident. This is going to be a great time for bigger groups, you know, interviews, conferences, just going out with people in general. Naturally, our bodies, you know, wants to make a baby. That's why you're you're feeling extra confident, I guess, and extra social because you need to mingle to make a baby. <laughs> and that's also why the speak that peak in testosterone is there. And then to close it off, we got the luteal phase. And this is basically throughout the rest of your 28-day cycle. And if you're not pregnant, which is most most cycles, your progesterone will rapidly decrease, making you start to feel a little bit more sluggish and not depressed, but just a little slower, less mental clarity. I'm going to talk a little bit more about what you can do like workout wise and like food nutrition wise to support each of those in a little bit. But next up, let's talk about skin cycling with those specific phases I just talked about. Now, this is going to apply to someone who deals with hormonal acne like me. I didn't really know where to put this part in this episode, but we're just going to talk about it right now. If you don't want to hear about this, then you can just skip to the next part. But I think it's pretty interesting and actually helps a little bit. So starting off with menstruation again, this is where we're having our period. And a lot of people experience hormonal breakouts right around here. And that's actually from right before your menstruation, your luteal phase, your pores are actually pretty oily naturally and a little bit more inflamed and congested. So on your your period, (laughs) sorry, on your period, focus on just hydration, 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 and the skin's a a little bit more sensitive, so more calming and hydrating stuff. After that, the follicular, this is where we're going to repair and increase um, like vitamin A. We can do some more exfoliation, prepare for ovulating skin, which is where your skin pretty much is glowing. It's great. It's radiant. It's plump and it's just glowing. So you don't really have to do too much during your ovulation phase. Naturally, I think a lot of people are just glowing after that. We're going to want to tighten those pores. Think about oily skin. So clay masks, soak up all the excess oil and draw out any of the clogged pores that might be starting to form pimples before your period starts. And that's kind of how the cycle works. So as far as skin. So you can try that out. Definitely, you know, you can look it up on Pinterest and or Google you can see specific products that will help with that, I guess. 
And now moving to seed cycling. So seed cycling is something I actually heard about a few years ago, but I didn't really know what it was. And I tried it out for a few months this year, actually. And essentially, it's taking a really basic approach to supporting your period, specifically with estrogen and progesterone production. So the first 14 days, first half of your cycle, it's going to be your menstruation and your follicular phase. This is where estrogen is rising. And so to help that, you're focusing on pumpkin seeds and flax seeds. A lot of things online say two tablespoons of each daily. You can put them in your salads, oatmeal, yogurt, smoothies, bowls, toast, eat it by the handful, like however you like it. I even made them into like little energy balls and I would just have a couple energy balls every day. And that is supposedly supposed to help your estrogen production. And then right after you ovulate, we need to excrete that estrogen ASAP. Otherwise, it's going to be lingering in the system. does not feel great to have elevated estrogen. And I think a lot of women deal with that, including myself, because... If you've ever been on the pill, actually, it suppresses your progesterone and those levels can be kind of hard to raise. So naturally, I think people have more of estrogen dominance or just low, lower progesterone in general. Obviously, in this whole episode, I'm not giving any like doctor advice, anything like that. Go get your hormones tested like I did. I highly recommend the Dutch test. I'm totally doing a side side note here but do the dutch test work with somebody and really see what's going on for me personally and talking about my experience i'm dealing with estrogen dominance for sure and actually surprisingly very high like testosterone and androgen levels so we're working on that with my um naturopathic doctor and getting s excess estrogen out of the body during that second phase of your cycle is really important and so with seed cycling back to that what they recommend is two tablespoons sunflower seeds two tablespoons sesame seeds this is supposed to help progesterone rise during that second half all right hopefully you're following me here (laughs) things aren't too chaotic Let's talk about what we can do to support each menstrual phase, like each week pretty much. Uh, Like right now, I've been talking about overall things that are good to do. I'm not really going to dive into necessarily like symptoms of low progesterone, high progesterone, low estrogen, estrogen, high testosterone, like things like that. Because again, I'd recommend working with a doctor to figure out what you actually have. Because a lot of the things and symptoms can actually overcross each other. And it can be confusing to just look at symptoms and start treating it. Because I actually did that and I was so confused. I thought like my thyroid was all out of balance because all the people are talking about thyroid rage nowadays. But turns out it was actually just too much estrogen having a hard time detoxify through a specific way in my liver. 
So that's why even if you take off a lot of the symptoms, they so cross correlate with each other that it's just way better to (laughs) work with someone. But the things I'm saying right here are literally generally safe for anyone. It's just lifestyle habits and it's going to overall help all of your hormones just become balanced and more in zen. So with menstruation phase, this is, you know, the detox phase. We already talked about how energy is going to be low. Um, with, as far as movement, working on stretching, more low intensity things, try walking, maybe like some low impact Pilates and just rest. Like don't overwork yourself during your period. And I, in the past, used to literally like lift weights every day and I would just go, 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 go. And I think that's, I mean, that's great, but I think as a female, we should really dive into and like lean into our body's cues and you can still build muscle if that's your goal, you know, or I don't know. I just think that our bodies are overall more in harmony and better able to function when we're leaning into the natural process of how how we want to be. So really just take a break, you know, stretch, do yoga, like I said. With nutrition-wise, we're going to focus on protein, fats, and really nutrient-dense food because we need to replenish nu- replenish those nutrients that we're losing, you know, especially iron. We're losing a lot of that in our blood, um, focusing on hydration, caffeine, alcohol, fried foods, all of those are very inflammatory during your cycle or during your menstruation, you're already pretty inflamed. So really just try not to lean into that and just be mindful because alcohol and caffeine can actually impact estrogen metabolism. So especially if you have PMS symptoms, I would really steer clear from that for now. And focus on red meats. Um, I'm not really talking about if anyone is vegan or not right now. I'm just talking about overall diet. So red meat just happens to be the highest in B vitamins and iron. Also fatty fish. We're going to get really great omega-3s there. Again, fighting inflammation. Leafy greens, seaweed, mushroom, broth seaweed's great mineral uh i actually just had a this like sea veggie burger which is kind of interesting because i usually don't buy like quote-unquote processed or like packaged stuff but i found it at sprouts and it was very good because i'm on my period right now (laughs) and no it was literally so good it had like chickpeas it had some nuts and seeds in it like it was made from kelp and it didn't have any bad oils or anything. It had extra virgin olive oil. So I was like, wow, so good. <laughs> and I had some bone broth with that. So we're really speaking to what I'm preaching right here. <laughs> Anyways, next we've got the follicular phase right after your period. Your body is, like I said, more productive Now, your energy is going to start to increase, and we actually have less of an appetite here. So, if you're someone who wants to do, like, more intermittent fasting, like, longer than 12 hours, 
during your follicular phase could be a great time too and even ovulatory because it's not going to stress out the body too much and we're able to go a little bit longer without eating. I would say more during your period. Just focus on that more 12 hour fast which is a minimum for anyone because that's just a natural way for us to give our body a break. I don't even know why it's called a fast because it's literally pretty much just overnight. Um, But yeah, that's just giving our digestive break a bare minimum. Now, as far as movement, we we can do some high higher intensity stuff. That's for sure. Some more cardio, heavy strength training. Again, our energy is driving to the sky. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense, but it's it's going up. So high intense, whatever that looks like to you, jogging, hiking, strength training, you know, more energy for that. And then nutrition, ri- nutrition wise, focusing on more raw foods, doesn't have to be everything raw, but just it's, you know, you can have some more like cold salads and stuff like that. Lighter meals, just more gentle fasting. You can focus on lean meats, raw fruit, fermented foods, beans, legumes, whole food or whole grains. And I wanted to note here, actually, this kind of seems like a lot. And I don't know if it makes a whole lot of sense me speaking about it, but there are so many helpful guides on Pinterest, for example, that explain each of these and you can, you know, print them out if that makes you feel better and don't feel like you have to dive into this all at once because it can be stressful thinking about, oh my god, like during this week I have to, like I can't do blah blah blah, I have to do this, like oh my god, am I doing it right? Like just give yourself a break and just gently think about this in the back of your mind and it will kind of help and over time you'll be able to adapt to this and kind of remember like what helps what more in the future but right up front it can be a lot another tip is like food wise when you're going to the grocery store like for the week or whatever just take a look at it and be like oh okay these foods are going to be great for this part of my cycle let me just try doing that and that's actually where I started because it's so overwhelming so I just bought produce and types of food that would match that for that week if that makes sense and then kind of glanced at the movement and then incorporated that into like my workouts for the week so it's a little bit easier way to approach it you know just put in your calendar and you don't have to worry about it (laughs) so now we're going to talk about the ovulatory phase and this one's only a few days but this is where again the ov the ovary is going to release an egg and we're more communicative still got a lot of energy actually if not more we can do a lot of amazing things cycling running sprinting you got a lot of stamina if you wanted to do even like i don't know hit training i i still like more of like weights around this time i'm not super into cardio but I think incorporating weights is really, really good for your muscles, or I mean your hormones because it helps you build muscle, which muscle to fat ratio is a very good thing to think about with health, because if we have out of balance muscle to fat ratios, our 
fats are actually where hormones are stored and I am not saying that fat is bad because actually as a female, fat is extremely crucial. If we don't have enough, then estrogen isn't going to be able to be produced. But in general, if, you know, somebody is like severely over overweight, like they're probably going to most likely have estrogen or thyroid issues. But so just be mindful of that. And then nutrition wise, fruits, veggies, a lot of fiber and antioxidants. We got to start increasing the fiber because that is going to be what excretes that estrogen. So think cabbage, um, cauliflower, broccoli, asparagus, berries, quinoa, avocado. Protein-wise, I feel like your body can handle more like plant proteins at this time. You don't need as much, I don't know, meats, I guess. And then the last phase, luteal, we're going to rest more, nurture, you're going to naturally have more cravings and that's okay because remember how earlier I said during your follicular phase, we have less of an appetite? Well, now we have more of an appetite and that's fine. You just got to lean into what your body needs at the time and and the end of the picture, like overall, it all balances out. So it's okay. Um, working on detail-oriented tasks. You can do movement-wise, Pilates, yoga, lighter cardio, lighter strength training can still do that leading up to your period. And then nutrition, we really want to focus on blood sugar balancing meals here because you're going to want to start craving sugar more and caffeine, fried foods, dairy. These are all very inflammatory foods and if that if your metabolism and like insulin levels become out of balance come your period, it's not going to be great. You're probably going to have more PMS symptoms and it's not going to be fun. So, thinking about fat, fiber, protein, carbs in every meal is going to be a key. We can incorporate more root vegetables, sweet potatoes, healthy fats, proteins, leafy greens, and then those sesame seeds, sunflower seeds. So if you're not lost already, again, go look at some easy little cycle syncing guides online. They will be able to help you out with providing some cute visuals. I wish I could show them. Maybe I'll post them on my story or something for the reverse to ramp show. Overall, some great ways to balance your hormones in pretty much any part of your cycle. Consuming adequate protein. So I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking 30 grams protein in breakfast. Like 15, definitely not cutting. 20 minimum. But really shooting high protein because that is going to balance your blood sugar for the rest of the day. This is not going to interfere with your stress hormones, your adrenals, all of that. Everything's going to be in order if you are able to get that protein in in the morning and then obviously throughout the rest of the day. But the morning is very important. And then actually not skipping breakfast because that's more stressful in the body. Consuming fiber to excrete that extra uh, hormones we don't need 
probiotics, stress management, nutrients, healthy fats, staying active, that is a big one, and quality sleep, big, big, big. Uh, I also definitely recommend try and get out in the sunlight like five, ten minutes after you can wake up. You don't have to look cute. You literally, if you have a little balcony, then just put on your robe and just go sit out there. (laughs) But I like to go on a little walk. Uh, Almost every day I do this. Recently, I haven't been able to because it's been extremely hot in Phoenix. So um, I'm definitely feeling that actually. So I think try and get that vitamin D because that's when... That's what's going to help regulate everything actually more than just your hormones, but also your circadian rhythm. And then eating breakfast with within an hour of waking. Um, overall, getting outside nature is going to help reduce stress and lower cortisol levels. If you want to have caffeine, make sure to have it after breakfast because coffee in an empty stomach can really drive your adrenals crazy. And that's just going to interfere with your stress hormones and also your overall insulin levels for the day. Exercise daily. Again, if you're in your menstruation phase, just going on long walks. This could be outside. You could be listening to your favorite podcast. That is still movement. But obviously, I think lifting weights is a really great way to positively impact your hormones. Uh, plenty of healthy fats, fiber to help that digestive tract, liver, omega-3 to support the hormone production, leafy greens, all of that. We've got meditation and breath work. This is going to help slow the body, get in tune with itself, choosing proper supplements right now for my hormones specifically. I have a vitamin D supplement and also going outside in the sun for at least an hour on a walk usually. B complex, magnesium, omega 3. Those are all key nutrients for hormone production. So, making sure that you get that in your diet, but also supplementation of all of those are literally fine for anyone, pretty much. You can also drink herbal teas like chamomile to help wind down at night. Spearmint tea actually helps reduce androgen levels. So, if you're dealing with higher testosterone or higher male hormones drink that spearmint tea and then dandelion is also a great one and just help your liver overall and then sleep 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 try and get to sleep before 11 10 is like gold but before 11 for sure because 10 to 2 is actually our most crucial sleep times and sleep is like the best thing for our body. I know I said gut, but actually sleep and then gut. (laughs) They're just both so important. So really making sure your sleep is on point. So what are things that do not contribute to hormone healing, do not help hormone because they're actually just causing more stress? So taking 3000 supplements is not going to help because you can actually overtake supplements and that's just very taxing on your body, taxing on your liver. You might not be taking the right ones. That's why you should work with a doctor and find out what you specifically need. Intermittent fasting as a girl. I know this is kind of controversial, but as a girl, 
it's not the best. There are times in our cycle, like I mentioned, that intermittent fasting, more like the 16-8, is, can be beneficial or doesn't really cause harm. But um, all 28 days of the cycle, maybe not. Uh, detox or like juice cleansing, I don't know. Those are just, I feel like people have steered away from those, but I think... I think some people still think that that is a healthy way to detox and definitely not. There's a lot of sugar. There's no fiber. Just we got to eat real food here and also enough food. So that's another one. Um, Not eating enough can highly impact your hormones because it's driving your stress through the roof. It doesn't know like doesn't know how to trust your body. So making sure you don't skip breakfast. Breakfast is one of the most important things. Um, having coffee, not in an empty stomach, cutting out a bunch of different foods. So just being like too restrictive can also be bad, like too low carb as a female. And actually I know keto is also very, very popular right now, but there is really no evidence or long-term studies on what keto does to, um, long-term, long-term health, especially as a female, just being mindful of that being too strict with yourself i think us females really got to start leaning into our feminine side we are living in a male dominated space everything is masculine everything is go 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 and we need to be able to just tone it down for at least five seconds here and there like take a breath for yourself i mean this is good for anyone to do but as a woman we live in this hustle culture, hustle culture, and we've got to take some time for ourselves. Get back in tune with our bodies and really just evaluate, evaluate us. <laughs> let's talk in. Let's talk about our gut, and let's look at toxins in our gut. After we've looked at the basics, overall things to balance hormones things to avoid and have got that in check hopefully working with a doctor to test those hormone levels now let's look at toxins specifically let's evaluate the gut it's important to check the gut with specific components checking beta glucuronidase levels and seeing yeast parasite mold all of that now when you get a test through like a stool test through your regular doctor, they're really only looking at outright infections that can lead you in the to the ER, like chronic diarrhea. So it's not really going to show things that are going on long term. This is just die situations. That's why I recommend working with more of a naturopath because they understand the gut more and really understand what an effect yeast parasites molds heavy metals all of that has a role personally i am dealing with an out of balance in the gut and i think that is definitely why it is impacting my hormones estrogen and yeast and parasites they all go hand in hand that's why i'm dealing with elevated estrogen levels getting that gut in place is crucial so if you don't have a gut in place supplements we are taking can't even be absorbed and they're not going to help your liver in detoxifying 
And even if your liver is detoxifying, it's going to get dumped into your gut. And if we're not able to properly eliminate, for example, estrogen, it's going to keep recirculating in the body. So we got to get things in the gut. Perfect. (laughs) I mean, perfect. So you also need a good gut bacteria to make B vitamins. B vitamins like B6, B12 are super important for detoxification in the liver and also magnesium. MTHFR and comp mutations, we also need more vitamins for this process. These are specific gene mutations that some people do have and you'd be able to see that through working with a doctor. And I actually think that is what I have because, boy, I literally try to do all of the healthiest ways of living and I still have a hard time. So I just think naturally, I need to support my body more with these vitamins. So that's why seed cycling can also be helpful. We have to get mindful of what is going on. We got to support the body, the gut health, the liver, and toxins in our home. Now, this is the next part I want to talk about is toxins in our home and in our environment. Along with the things I talked about in the first part of the episode, this is actually a huge thing that you should just jump on right away. Looking at your personal care products, looking at your cleaning products, looking at anything scented, anything that's detergent, All of that stuff has a lot of endocrine disruptors and some great websites and also apps to look at to help you that with is Love Environmental Working Group. They show a lot of different products and they kind of score them on their standards. Also Skin Deep Database. There's apps like Think Dirty and Yuka. They actually have a scanner that you can scan all of your products in your home and see whether they're toxic or not. You can start by swapping them out one at a time because over time you'll have reduced toxic load in your home and then in turn in your body. This can, I mean, even makeup. Like us females have got a lot of stuff to look at because if we're not getting rid of that, then how are we to, how are we going to expect our body to go back to homeostasis and be in balance? Also checking our water. Is our water clean? Is it? you know, good for us. And then you can check out the EWG to look at the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. Try and make sure you get organic, but if you can't, then looking at that. And then also looking at your pots, pans. Literally, stuff is everywhere. So just thinking about plastic. Try not to put anything in plastic. Think about using glass obviously don't heat in plastic. The more we can understand and make different choices, it will catch up to us. How can we tune in and listen to our body, reduce toxic burden, and overall reduce inflammation? If your adrenals are stressing you out and overworked, we're going to also need extra vitamin C to combat that stress. So working on lower stress management. And then also, last thing I wanted to end on was supporting detox drainage pathways so different things you can do are dry brushing you always want to brush up towards the heart or basically in towards the heart 
and you can do castor oil packs hydrate especially with added minerals and salt and you can use saunas epsom salt baths regular exercise making sure you're sweating you can do enemas coffee enemas like take binders to get toxins out of the body lymphatic drainage massages i love doing this i basically have castor oil and you can YouTube how to do lymphatic drainage massage. And that can be great to support the body. Overall, we kind of just have to step up and do these extra things. Because even if you're living the healthiest you can, just walking outside, our air is so toxic that everything around us is just bombarding our system. And we're not really genetically made to take on all of this toxicness. <laughs> and all these xenoestrogens and everything even from receipts like oh my goodness grocery store receipts like if you receipt any type of receipt obviously they have an insane amount of chemicals and just xenoestrogens in them that mimic estrogen in the body and are not helpful they're extremely toxic and harmful on our bodies so there's just so much that we don't even think about that's impacting our body and even from emf waves and radiation and blue light just constantly in work 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 our body is just overworking it's insane hopefully you enjoyed this episode and as a female learned a little bit more about our cycle it's really important to just get in more in tune with our body and this is only touching surface level like we didn't even talk about the pill we didn't even talk about so much more but i would love to bring on a doctor to talk about or an expert in the field to talk more about specific hormone issues like especially pcos is a huge issue in females also fibroids both of those things very common actually you know hypothyroidism and then yeah again the effect that the pill can have If you liked this and you feel like any of your friends, your mom, your daughter, anyone would like this episode and would find it useful, send it to them because we've got to learn about our hormones ourselves. Nobody is really teaching this to us, so taking it into our own hands and learning it is crucial because if we want to be fertile, if we want to live healthy, if we want to live happy, we've got to get those hormones in check. So thanks for listening to the Reverse Revamp Show. I'll see you next week. Be sure to give us a review on your podcast platform. Don't forget to follow, turn on those notifications because I will be here every single Thursday showing up for you guys and making sure you become the best version of yourself, living the healthiest, happiest life If you need to reach the Reverse to Revamp show, you can email us at reverse to revamp at gmail.com. With that being said, I'll see you next week.